Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Black woman. Beautiful. Powerful. Resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation. A talk, especially an informal one, between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So... We created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. How's your week been? My week has been pretty good. I can't lie. It's been pretty good. It's relaxed. Um, I thought that I was going to lose the contract on the house that we're supposed to close on uh, in a week, which for our listeners, you guys will be hearing this the day before I'm supposed to close. <laughs> so let me tell you about this chick named Milad, right? And usually I don't really badmouth people on here. I won't say her last name, but she's a realtor in Atlanta. She's not my realtor. My realtor is fantastic. She's with Palmer House Properties. Her name is Edith. She's fantastic. But the seller's realtor, I'm telling you, she's just nasty. You know, my realtor has lost a brother the first day she showed us houses, which was two Saturdays ago. Her brother uh, collapsed, died, right? The thing he died of a heart attack. Yesterday, her mama died. Okay. Two weeks between the two deaths. <laughs> She buried her brother last weekend, and now her mama's died. She has buried him. This woman, I'm like, do we need to get off the phone? Like, we can continue this later. Maybe we can reach out to the seller and tell them, can we extend, you know, the due diligence period a little longer because of these circumstances? Girl, after her brother passed away, the realtor for the seller, and I know the realtor did not, I mean, the seller did not agree to this. She probably doesn't know what's going on, but the realtor goes, yeah. No, I don't think we should extend that. Yeah. And then today it just took me out because she told my realtor who lost her mama yesterday. I know you don't know the math because you've been away. You haven't been working. But uh, yeah, if you put it on paper, this is what it adds up to be. Now, my realtor, girl, mama passed away, called me an hour after her mama passed away. Still talking about these numbers. Okay. Mama passed away yesterday. Now, I've talked to my realtor like three, four times. And you have the audacity to say, oh, it's because you haven't been working. You've been away. Even if that were the case, I think that some people need to learn to show compassion. And this is a new realtor trying to get probably some pub as her first million dollar listing, right? And she's eager, but she's new because she's still under a mentor. So my realtor, who's been doing this for 25 years, is fed up 
and says that she's very difficult to work with. And she is. Anytime somebody nickels and dimes you for something, like the way these people have been, it's crazy. So bad that the seller herself, I saw during one of the inspections because she was still home. She's another MFM. We exchanged numbers, chit-chatted. She literally reached out to me, Janine, and said, listen, our realtor's got some stuff going on, but I don't want you to think we're behind this crazy stuff. We are willing to negotiate a price. But the two of us said, are you good with this? Are you good with that? Okay, let's now reach out to our realtors and tell them what we're good with. And it was still some drama. I don't know who this girl is, but she sounds like this is going to be a very short-lived career for her because that is not, especially when you, here's the thing. I get that realtors work on commission, right? But after you get to a certain level of home selling, like if your listing is a million dollars, you're getting a, a hefty commission. That commission should be able to last you for your entire year's worth of salary. If you sell two or three home million dollar homes, you're pretty set for the year. This sounds like she really just wants to have a lot of um, say in the matter. And honestly, if y'all already agreed, what do you need her for? You can just go to settlement with your realtor if you really needed to, honestly. No, you can't do that, right? Because you, you know, they're under contract. So if they get a buyer and that buyer saw that house because it was listed by the realtor, technically speaking, if they went to sign the contract without the realtor, they still owe the realtor commission. They're still under contract for that. But the thing I don't like is that this realtor is lying. The, the seller is like, oh, well, my realtor says she's been trying try to get in touch with your realtor all day and can. I said, that's interesting because I've been at a conference this weekend and I've talked to her four times. I just got off the phone with her before you called me. I sent this last contract over. Let's see. This is the contract that, that me and the seller agreed upon. Let's see what her realtor has to say about it. I ain't never seen nothing like this ever. And so if you're looking for a house in Atlanta, the great Atlanta area, send me a DM and ask me for some last name. If there's a last, I know it's a common name, but y'all need to do some research. That makes me anxious just thinking about it. I hope that you are able to sign the papers and they sign later because if not, I have a sneaking suspicion we'll be looking for a whole nother house. Anyway, so Janine, so... About this job, y'all don't understand that Janine has the most demanding job in America. When I say the most demanding, you can't get in touch with her. You got to take a number. You got to schedule her on the calendar to talk to Janine. When me and Janine reconnected over this podcast, y'all, it was like, we're going to catch up on life and the pandemic, and we're going to talk about everything that affects us. So we created this podcast, right? (laughs) (laughs) Janine is not available, y'all. I didn't lost my true. friend. That's not true. I did text you back this week. We did text this week. I'm doing better, little by little. Let me tell you this, Nicole, and not to make an excuse for myself, but I will say, I told, I don't even remember who I was talking to. It was one of my business associates. I was like, look, I'm just getting my sea legs here because I have this like insatiable need for perfection. And not that I think I'm perfect, but if there's something else that can be done, it's like, okay, well, let's put this bow here and let's put the icing on the cake here. It's just this thing where my brain doesn't really turn off. So I'm constantly like, okay, well, I can do this and I can do this and I can maneuver here and I'm going to do better. And I am very 
well aware that I'm to the verge of burnout because of the schedule that I'm keeping. For those of you who don't know me personally, my schedule sounds something like this. I get up at about 6, 6.30 in the morning. I get dressed, get myself together. I go to work. The drive could be anywhere between an hour and two, depending on what the traffic looks like. So it could be an hour to two. So usually I'm about to work by like 9, 9.30. And then I work until my events are over, which could be 10, 11, 12, sometimes into the next morning. And then I drive back home and I'm usually in bed by 2.30 and then the cycle starts all over again. Now, do I, am I very aware of the fact that this is not sustainable? 100%. But I do have a light at the end of the tunnel. Our work schedule is cyclical. So I'm working, working, working to get to the point of our time of break. And then I'm going to take a break and I'm going to rejuvenate myself and wait some time before I get back into the swing of things. So I do have some time off coming up where I can actually take some time to myself and rejuvenate and then get back into the swing of things. But I will say this, I did have the opportunity to spend two, three hours with my best friend yesterday. So I did have, that's the first time I've seen her since July. So, and the crazy part is we don't really live that far from each other. So I had a few moments for that yesterday and then back to work I went. So yeah, it's been interesting. All right, Johnny. So what's on our timeline this week? So I'm going to say positive, right? Positivity. Nia Long is on our timeline this week. So Nia Long is possibly one of the most, I don't know, I'm sure this is probably arguable, but one of the most desired Black actresses of our time. So she's been in so many Black, like classic movies, I would consider, that it you'd be pretty hard pressed to find somebody who doesn't know who Nia Long is. So she's been in Boys in the Hood, Made in America, Friday. Love Jones, Soul Food, The Best Man. She's been in some funny ones like Big Mama's House. She was in that Chris Rock documentary about good hair. And then she had that recent film, Fatal Affair. I think that one was with like Omar Epps or something. So she's been in a ton. And those are not all of the movies that she's been in, but those are just the ones that, you know, we all know, right? And then, of course, we know that she was in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I mean, she's done it all, right? And she has a pretty interesting dating roster, right? So she's dated everyone from Martin Lawrence to Lorenz Tate, from Chris Weber to Chris Tucker. So she's dated the gamut. She's also even been rumored to have dated or had some sort of relationship with T.I., 50 Cent, and even Carlton from The Fresh Prince. We'll forgive her for that one. And Mick Jagger, which, again, all speculation, we will give her the credit for those. So she's smart. She's talented. She's gorgeous. But as we know, you can have all of those things and life will still come at you hard and fast. Life is going to life regardless of whether you participate in this situation or not. Life is going to give you some ups and downs and bumps and bruises, right? So let me pivot for a second and shift to a little bit of a different story. So a few days ago, it was announced that Ime Yudoka the head coach for the Boston Celtics has been suspended for the entire 2022-2023 season. Now, let me put this into perspective. The entire 2022-2023 season, that means from now until 2023, because he was involved 
in what is said to be a consensual sexual relationship with a member of the franchise's staff. So because the relationship is considered a violation of the organization's guidelines, they suspended him for the entire season. Now, this will clearly impact the team pretty significantly because their head coach is now suspended for the entire season. So now we all know that it's not uncommon for these kinds of things to happen, that these kind of like workplace romances, they spark and they grow into something that they were never intended to be. We also are very well aware that it happens more frequently, probably in the world of sports. And if you don't know how this happens in the world of sports, specifically the world of basketball, do me a favor. I don't know whether it's on Hulu, Netflix, Paramount Plus, whichever one of the streaming services is on. Go visit the streaming service that has basketball wives on it. Watch yourself a couple of episodes of basketball wives and you will see just how these little trysts start to take place. Okay. And you will soon realize how common it is to have workplace romance, specifically in the, the world of sports. This punishment seems a little bit brutal and unprecedented. So Yudoka is facing what seems to be, from what I could find, the most severe punishment for something like this. I don't know if it's the franchise or the league itself. I don't know whether, you know, the Celtics or the NBA are pushing this, but it seems that they're determined to make an example out of him, which somebody's got to be the example and people will stop doing it. Seems like it's going to be him. So the media surrounding this actually made me second guess, to be very honest with you, whether this relationship that has caused him to get suspended for an entire season was actually consensual as it was reported, or if there were some nefarious actions that were surrounding this. Because a consensual relationship, regardless of whether it goes against the guidelines of the organization or not, is very different than one that may or may not be consensual, might live a little in that gray area. So I'm not going to make any speculation, any further speculation, but I will say that people break office romance work code guidelines all the time. And while some workplaces have a zero tolerance policy, it means that you get fired. That's not what happened here. It was a year long suspension. So I'm confused as to why did we get suspension and why was the investigation so long? But I will get into that later. So, Nicole, you're probably asking me, how do we go from Neil Long to the head coach of the Boston Celtics? Like, what does that have to do with one another? Well, Neil Long and Ime Yudoka are engaged. And the pair have been together for over a decade and they share a 10-year-old son. So let me get a little deeper into this. So. A while back, the Neighborhood Talk posted a tweet from Robert Latall, and the tweet said this, the situation with Yudoka is a little more complex than an office affair. You will find out shortly. He then goes on to imply that Yudoka was going around making unwanted advances at women that he worked with. Now, we will say this, every advance that's unwanted is not necessarily a nefarious advance, right? Like it's not necessarily bad. It's not necessarily sexual harassment. In order for you to express interest in someone, you have to make some sort of advance, right? So we're not going to read any deeper into this. 
But it does go back to what I was thinking earlier, like, why is the suspension so long and why is the investigation so long? Right. So Latal goes on to say in his tweet that when you find out who the woman and then he says or women, implying that there's more than one, the timeline won't be pleased. So now I go into speculation mode. Who is this woman? Are we not going to be pleased because she's ugly? That's usually the biggest thing for social media. They start comparing looks, what they have. You know, they do the rundown. We do this every time a famous person gets cheated on that's beautiful or hot or handsome. We're like, well, this famous person has this, 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 and this. Why would you cheat with this person who doesn't have this, 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 and this? Well, we all are old enough to know and wise enough to know that cheating doesn't just come because of the things that you have or what you look like. It's just sometimes time and opportunity. Sometimes it's, I can connect with this person better. Sometimes it's, my person is too busy. There are a number of reasons why people cheat. We, in social media world, we know it's superficial to us. But in reality, we all know you left a hot man for somebody that you're like, eh, he's okay, but he's not that hot. But you also left him for the peace, and it's things we don't know. I will just say that. So now, I get into my speculation, right? So who is the woman? I want to know who she is. What does she look like? My first thought is she's probably of a different persuasion. That's what would have the timeline up and roar, right? So I did a little digging. So we haven't been able to verify exactly who this woman is, but I will say this, the comment that he made about woman or women, the first thing I thought was now we don't know who it is. We don't know if there are multiples. This is all speculation. But from my experience with this matter, matters of this nature, I will say that because I'm not really involved in this particular situation. But matters of this nature, usually when you start pulling up the road, the roaches start scattering. When there's one, there's a whole bunch of them. So I would be interested to see how many women there actually are. Hoping there aren't a lot, but it's not looking good. So now, why does Latal say the timeline will be upset? Is it because the woman is of a different persuasion? Eh, I don't know how we would feel about that one way or the other. We're probably a little used to it, right? Honestly, I think it's because of this. So since this tweet that he sent out, we have found out that the woman, the female staffer, was in charge of travel. So not only was she in charge of travel, because that's a common job, like who cares, right? Not only was she in charge of travel for the team and the head coach, she was also in charge of booking the travel for Yudoka's fiance, as we know her, Nia Long. But not only was she in charge of that, she also, and I feel like, Nicole, this adds insult to injury. She also reportedly helped to coordinate Nia Long's recent move to Boston with the couple's son. So two weeks before this came out, approximately two weeks, give or take a couple days before this came out, Nia Long and her son, well, the couple's son just moved to Boston. And apparently it was coordinated by this same female staffer talking about messy. Like it's messy on his part. It's messy on her part because you know, if you're coordinating travel for someone's significant other, that that person is not available, but I digress. So as if we can't get any messier, The Celtics have been investigating this, this same situation, situation that I'm referring to since July, Nicole. Okay, let me put this into perspective. July, we are now 
recording, and we just found this out mid-September, right? So at least two months we've been dealing with this, or the Celtics have been investigating this. And Udoka was aware of the investigation back in July. You know when he informed his fiance? Beginning of September, about two weeks before it became public. So you tell your fiance and the mother of your child that something that is this monumental and this detrimental to your relationship and your family a month and a half, almost two months after it actually takes place or after you know that it's going to come out. Like, Nicole, I have this thing about don't embarrass me and don't let me be the last person to find out. This right here, I might be able to forgive that other stuff that you were doing on the side, right? Because, you know, men are, are men and this happens frequently. Not excusing it, but it happens frequently. But this, this is just too much. So now, Yudoka, he made his obligatory public apology, mostly to the franchise and the team and the NBA. And he did mention his family, but he did not specifically mention Neil Long by name, which I found to be interesting. But maybe that's just me. But Neil Long, she also spoke out and she said that, you know, she appreciated the outpouring of love and support from her family, friends, the community. And, you know, during this difficult time, and she said that it meant so much to her. And then she goes on to say that, you know, she asked for her privacy. She asked that people respect, you know, her, her family and their privacy while she processes, you know, what's going on, because I'm sure this is probably a lot to deal with. And then she said that, you know, first and foremost, she's a mother and she will continue to focus on her children, which I thought was a very, very positive statement considering the situation. Now, the question is, how does this happen? I mean, look, we know how this happens, but how does this happen to Nia Long? Now, I thought that to myself, as I'm sure most people did. And then I thought, well, Janet Jackson got cheated on. Halle Berry got cheated on. Even Beyonce got cheated on. So I guess that Nia Long is in great company. But still, the question stands, like, how do how do we get here? Like, it, what is going on? So. I found a clip from 2020, and I'm not saying that there's anything that Nia Long has done to justify this man doing all this mess that he's doing. Please let me be clear about that. Um, it was an interview that Nia Long did with E.T., and it was actually an interview that she did in the midst of the entanglement situation that was happening with Will Smith, Jada Pinkett Smith, and August Alsina. By the way, if you all haven't listened to the episode, go back and listen to Entanglement. We have that episode. I think it was in season one. So go back and listen. But Nia did this clip talking about the situation, right? And in an interview, she says that everyone has to define their relationship for themselves. Everyone has a different understanding and a different agreement. And you have to do what works for you and your situation, especially when you all are both busy. She then said, you know, at the time she was kind of like, you know, going into explaining how she was basically learning how to balance her home life with her work life. And, you know, she's figured out that she has to balance it in a different way, which is something that, Nicole, I know that you and I deal with and most women probably deal with. Most working women deal with how do I balance my home life and my work life and make sure that I'm showing up in the most genuine, authentic way in both spaces. 
here's the part that was interesting to me. They asked her, a, you know, a question about Will and Jada and how she feels about it. And she says, the key to any relationship is giving your partner the space to be who they need to be. And if it means you're taking a break to do that, then take a break. Then she says, love is a complicated thing, which is very true. Sometimes you need the space. Maybe it's not officially stepping out, but you need the space so you can go, you know, maybe sow some extra wild oats that you may have. Not 100% sure if that's what she meant, but considering the way that the conversation was going, I feel like it probably was. So I feel like that last statement that she made about you have to give your partner the space to be who they are and be who they need to be. And if that means to take a break, then do that. I think that's something that a lot of people don't think about. You grow, you might not grow together. You grow, you might grow in different directions or you may grow together. But the same person that you married or started your relationship with might not be the same person that they are 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the line. So Nia seems to think similar to me. I'm of the mind that if you take a break, you'll see if the relationship is meant to be. You know, they say if something is meant for you, you let it go. If it comes back to you, then it was meant for you. If it doesn't come back, it was never yours to begin with. That's how I feel about relationships. Sometimes you need to take a break. I wonder why Ime didn't just take a break. Or did he? Was it a break? Did we know? We don't. I wonder if they are going to take a break now that this has all come out or if this might be a permanent break and they might not get back together. I hope at some point they'll figure this out. I hope that they don't take a permanent break, even though this seems like a very legitimate reason to take one for the kid. I hope that they can figure this out. But who knows? I don't know. What do you think, Nicole? I think that it's a combination of both, right? I probably can overlook a couple of things if I had moved my two kids down to Boston. But my two kids, one of which is a 10-year-old, your son, we've gotten set up, started a new school, we're in a new house. It takes a lot to move. And they're moving cross-country. So, you know, that kind of thing, it, it takes a lot. If she were to work this out, it would be because she's like, well, I have already got my kids settled here, so I'm going to stay here. But somebody with that much money that can just snap her fingers and just move right back across, you know, this across the world? She might not stay. And then you've embarrassed her in public. I don't think she's going to stay around. The question is going to become, you should allow your partner space. Was this a point in time when you were allowing space? And that's when this happened. Because then she's going to come out and say, well, we were on a break. We talked about it. We, I understand. I told him he could do whatever. I was doing my own thing too. And so um, I am going to stick beside him because now... I realized that we weren't together at that time. We were on a break. Now, I would beg to differ. If we've been together since 2010 and we've been engaged since 2015, uh, ain't no such thing as breaks. I don't get a break from taking care of your child. So you don't get a break from me. If you don't like it, you may take a break, you know, go on vacation, but you're not taking a break from the relationship. That does not give you permission to step out. So um, I think that it's going to be interesting to see how she treads on this one. Her publicist has, you know, uh, um, has to do a fantastic job on this to make her look like she's not the vulnerable, desperate black woman, but to also make her like the super mom. I'm doing whatever I need to do for my kids. I'm focused on my kids. So that's the line she's using right now. I like that line. She should stick with that line. 
Uh, but she should really, she's going to have to take a break from that, at least temporarily, to show value to herself. So, um, yeah, he embarrassed her, definitely. And then you're like, Nia Long, she didn't age like fine wine. I mean, these actresses in their 50s, Sanai Lathan, Nia Long, I mean, they just look good. I mean, they even look better now than they were when they were like skinny, scrawny. 19 to 21 year olds, you know, Nia Long looks to me very beautiful. And obviously I like men, but she's gorgeous. I mean, you can't even deny that everything about her is is, is gorgeous. But even that, like you said, Janine, if Beyonce can get cheated on, if Halle Berry can get cheated on, if Nia Long can get cheated on, anybody can get cheated on. And so that's why it's really important that whomever you're with, you have that really strong connection and foundational friendship so that you don't want to hurt or cheat on your friend as your mate. Whereas somebody that you got with because they're cute and you don't spend any time with, well, if you're not emotionally connected to them, then yeah, you could give them a pass. So I say all that to say you can't really allow somebody a pass if it impacts other people like a family. So you can't just say you can go frolic and we don't have to be together right now. But little Timmy is still here and he spend time with his dad and you're coming back and forth and I have to see you, but you on a break. No, that don't work like that. But uh, we'll see how this one plays out. Look, honestly, Nicole, I'm with you. I don't know if this is actually a consensual relationship, right? Like they're presenting it to be right now there's been conflicting information but we're going to go with what the official word is from the team right it was a consensual relationship if this was actually a consensual relationship then it seems as though you're absolutely right because why did it come out if it's consensual why why do you even if even if it's just the fact that you wanted to tell someone why did it come out if it's a consensual relationship this is giving linda tripp Monica Lewinsky to me. Like, why are we out here talking about it? Why don't we just say, this is what it is. It just happened. And be grateful that you had the experience and keep it moving and keep your mouth shut. But I will say this. I don't necessarily believe that people are naturally monogamous. I think that monogamy is something that people have to work at. If you look at the other animals, and I'm not going to be, you know, super weird, but most animals are not monogamous. We as humans, we work towards monogamy because it is safer makes us feel better. It makes us feel like, you know, we have some sort of stability and then it gives us some sort of sense of control. But monogamy is not something that comes natural, doesn't come naturally to me. I'll tell you that much. Right. But you realize that there's something special in monogamy. But I also realize that the reality of it is, is that at any given moment, you don't control the person that you're in a relationship with. So if they find that their fancies are being met by somebody else and you're not meeting them, look, it happens. Right. In my mind, the difference between cheating, like officially cheating and just having a break, as we've referred to this, is the conversation that's behind it. And we've talked about this. We talked about this in our entanglement episode. We talked about this in our, but is it cheating though? We've talked about this. There's a fine line between being a responsible, realistic partner and being a cheater. Now, if you're having the conversation and you're doing the work, then maybe you take the break and you do it responsibly. Now, that's not what he did, but you you do it in a in a responsible manner. Then I wouldn't consider that cheating or stepping out. But if you don't and all the parties are not on the same page, 
that's when the problems come in to me. Now, am I con- condoning that you take a break or step out on your your significant other? I'm not saying that. But what I am what I am saying is it's a very and I've said this before. It's a very unrealistic thought to think that one person will fulfill your every need for the rest of your life. It's crazy. Think about how different you are than you were five years ago or 10 years ago. We're not the same. We grow, we change. And if you don't grow and change together, it could be a very different situation. I don't know. This is messy. I will say that. But is there room to grow in a relationship and maybe grow in different directions and still maintain the relationship? I believe that there is. I do agree with uh, your ground rules that you laid, Janine. And maybe it can help us in, in our Let's Talk Through It portion of the show. Remember Janine's ground rules to cheating. Uh, or to or to giving your partner a I was pass. about to say, it's not cheating. If you're having a conversation about it, it's not cheating. It's, this is where my spirit stands right now. Let's have the conversation. All right, Janine. So are you ready to talk through some of these letters that our listeners have sent us? Yes, let's do it. Okay, so the first letter says, Hey, Nicole and Janine, I love the show. I want to write because y'all both keep it all the way real and my situation is complicated. I've been married now for five years. My husband and I have a two-year-old son, but we haven't had sex since I was pregnant with my son, so a little over three years. Prior to having our son, we had a decent sex life, meaning we'd have sex when our schedules allowed which would be about once every one to two weeks. I waited until marriage for religious reasons, which he thought was honorable. So I had no clue before getting married that sex would be an issue. Now, fast forward. Our bedroom has been high and dry for the last three years. He doesn't even cuddle with me or try to touch me in any sexual way. We've been to counseling and sex therapy. Neither could pinpoint an exact issue. We get along pretty well, but I feel as if I'm living with a college roommate as opposed to a loving husband. I filed for divorce a little over a year ago, but couldn't actually move forward with uh, finalizing it because of my son. Seeing my husband with my son gives me so much joy that I can't imagine him growing up in a home without him. I previously asked about an open marriage, but he said he wouldn't want that. And we just need to work on our quote communication end quote so that our intimate relationship could improve. At this point, to be blunt, I'm just thinking about creeping. There's a guy I used to date that I passed up for my husband because my husband was a safe choice. This guy checks on me often and we're still good friends with lots of chemistry. He doesn't know what's going on with my marriage, but every time I see him, I want to give him some. In my head, I know I'm married, but I feel like my husband's unwillingness to provide intimacy in our marriage is a reason for me to fulfill my sexual urges elsewhere. Am I making any sense or just speaking out of frustration because of my sexless situation? If you were in my shoes, what would you ladies do? Sign Kavan. Okay. So one, it sounds like we got a letter from the same person, but we didn't. So Kavan, I think that I've said this of last few episodes, but I'm not the best relationship advice giver. But you asked very specifically what we would do. So I'm going to tell you what Janine would do. Janine wouldn't be in your situation because the way that Janine handles things is not having sex is 100% a deal breaker. And if we are not going to have sex, then we can be just roommates. There's no need for us to be husband and wife. There's no need for us to be partners. There's no need for us to be engaged. There's no need for us to have any formal sort of relationship because the only difference for me between let's be friends and relationship is 
sex. Right? Or is Janine wrong? Because I don't need to intertangle my finances with you. I don't need to do any of this other stuff to be married. But we married and we're not having sex. What's going on? And I get you have children and you said that you filed for divorce, but you couldn't go through with it. You need to ask yourself, is it more important for your child to be happy or is it more important for you to have a stable household for your child? Because here's the thing. If you're not getting along with your husband at some point, if you're not having sex and y'all aren't getting along, you're not going to have the best of relationship and your child being happy to see their their father. It, that's going to wane because mommy and daddy aren't going to be able to get along very well. So when that starts happening, then now the child is not going to be happy because children, regardless of whether you feel like you're expressing it to them or not, children are like dogs. They can sense things. So you might not have that conversation with them. I think you said your child is two. So you can't have that conversation with your child at this point. But as children get older, they start to sense there's some sort of tension between mommy and daddy. And the longer you go without having sex, the more tension is going to build up between you and your husband. And then you add another factor into this, that there is somebody that is giving you the attention that you want and you are sexually attracted to this person. So if you, as you said, want to give him some, that feeling is going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. And then for your husband, you're going to have more disdain and more disdain and more disdain. And when those two things collide, now you are going to be an unhappy, disgruntled wife. And then what's going to happen? Your child is going to see that mommy is unhappy and disgruntled. And now the household is all disrupted when we could have just parted ways to begin with, decided that we are going to be great co-parents and you can go off and be happy with the man that's going to give you some and he can go be happy with whatever it is that he's doing to satisfy himself. Because if you are Janine, because you asked Janine what she would do, Janine would be gone because sex is priority for me. Now, there are other things that are also priority, but sex is priority for me because especially if you waited to have sex for religious reasons. So you mean to tell me that you waited all this time and now you can have sex because it's legal in your religion at this point because y'all are married, but you're not getting it. What were we out here waiting for? I'm confused. I used to make this joke that when I got married, I was going to have a tearaway wedding dress because then I would just be like, just have all the sex. Right. I didn't have a tearaway wedding dress for those who don't know me. But I really do believe it in my mind like that. Like there's nothing that the Bible said the bed is undefiled between a husband and a wife. Right. So we should be able to hump like rabbits in my mind. If we're not, what's the problem? Something's going wrong. Then I need to pick another partner that I can hump like rabbits with. What do you think, Nicole? I think marriage is complicated. I think it's complicated. But let me point out something. She did say they get along well. What I would do, because it sounds like she's tried certain things, right? And it's what should she go back to, right? She's asking about an open marriage. She tried to file for divorce. She didn't think that that was a good option for her son. She, uh, you know, she's asking about, you know, she's done sex therapy. She's done counseling. And they can't pinpoint an issue. One, I would be straight up blunt and say, listen, are you not attracted to me? Are you having relations with somebody else? If you're not having a relationship with somebody else, are you bisexual or homosexual? I mean, I would literally get it out and ask because there's something going on when people don't have sex. Is there an STD he hasn't been, you know, he hasn't been treated for? Or is he trying to avoid you from getting an STD because he knows he has something? You know, people don't have sex for reasons. They have sex with somebody else. You know, is he having erectile dysfunction? I would go through those things to make sure that 
you're not missing anything there. And tell him, like, I just want an honest discussion here. I'm not trying to be attacking. Because some people, if you ask them if they're bisexual, they're like, how dare you, right? Well, no. I mean, if you love somebody and you find out your husband is homosexual or bisexual, you still love them. That doesn't change the love that you have for them. But sometimes it may be hard for them to admit that if they don't think that that will be well-received or supported, okay? So I would support him through that if he admits to that and let him know I will support you through this. But at the same time, I need to make sure that I have my needs fulfilled as well. If he's not bisexual, he's not gay, and he is adamant that this is like something y'all can work on through you know, therapy or whatever, I would say, we've already done therapy and this is not working. So I would honestly give him two choices. Either you're going to have an open marriage and you can save your marriage for the sake of your child and save face with everybody else, which means that you can have relations with whomever you want or you get a divorce. Those are the two choices because it's unrealistic for people to be married or in a long-term relationship and not have any sexual contact. She said, he's not touching her at all. You know, it's just unrealistic. And then, you know, nobody would blame you for creeping right now, girl. We would not blame you, but you want to do things the right way. You're a religious person. You waited till you got married because of your religion. So I think that you should get out of this so that you can make sure you're not creating a hostile environment. Make sure you're not cheating. Make sure he's not trying to file for divorce on the grounds that you cheating. Basically, the law does not say since he didn't have sex with you, you are excused to have a pass and you're in the right. Infidelity is infidelity. So if you're cheating, even though he's not having sex with you, even though we all agree that you can swerve and do whatever you want, you still have to realize that that's still grounds for him to file for infidelity. And if you make the same amount or more than him, that may mean that you're paying him something every month. Although he wasn't putting in work, you may be stuck paying him alimony. So I would do, use a direct approach. I would speak to him directly. And I would say, these are the choices you have. You got three days to decide which one you want to go. I don't want to belabor this, but do you want to open marriage or do you want divorce? I am over trying to work on the intimacy piece. And with that, we have another one. So my letter says, hey, friends, I know that you are both happily married, so I figured you would be great people to give me advice. Plus, you're my only non-judgmental friends because you don't know me. And then she put LOL. My husband and I have been married for nine years. We have been together for almost two decades. We have two children together. I love my husband and my family but I'm strongly considering sleeping with another man. Before you say anything, hear me out. My husband was diagnosed with testicular cancer three years ago. Shortly after we found out that he, shortly after we found out he was cancer free, he began suffering with ED. That's when things became rocky. My husband and I went from daily sex to not having sex in over a year. He doesn't even attempt to satisfy my needs anymore. I told him that this is a deal breaker for me and I still have a very healthy sexual appetite. We've discussed his issues numerous times and he tells me that he is working on it and he will do better. And I still get nothing. I guess my question is this. Is there ever a justification for stepping out or having 
something on the side with someone else. I don't want to hurt my husband's feelings, but I have needs. Signed, Tracy. Um, so, I mean, y'all situations are similar, but not really. Um, it sounds like, you know, you're in a good solid marriage, but you got three kids. So at some point you had to be consistently getting your swerve on. I would want to know what's his day to day. Like, is he super busy? Is he like a Janine who don't get home until nine o'clock every night? And then he's pooped because he got to wake up at six. So is he physically tired? How often does he get a break? Is he worn out and born out, burnt out at home because of burnout from juggling the kids events? Like what's going on with him? Have y'all tried counseling? So I would say, Look and explore the situation a little bit further. You know, ask him who his counselor is. And if you can go to a group session, great. If he's getting counseling, I would ask, you know, um, about his day to day more often. I would directly approach him and say, hey, listen, you said we're working on this. Let's put a time limit on this. Like six months, let's put a time limit on this. If that amount of time has come and gone, then you have to say, listen, if I can't see, show an improvement within X, Y, and Z amount of days, I'm going to have to have you served by the attorney and I, I may have to get a divorce. I don't condone divorce. But at the same time, I also don't condone you being in a miserable marriage with no intimacy for so long without getting any relief. Now, if you want to stay married to your husband and not tell him, I wouldn't justify that. But like I said to Kavan, we, would, we wouldn't blame you. We would not blame you. But it is easier to get out of the marriage first. What if you all of a sudden start dating somebody else and you really love this man? He wants to marry you a year from now. And you said, oh, wait, I got to go back and get divorced. That can, and then he contested. Then you arguing with him back and forth and you got your attorneys and all this. Then you can't move forward with your life. So I would get that together first. See if you can get everything out of there first. See if you can figure something out first before you just stepping out. Because I would hate for you to cheat, get caught up, and then all of a sudden you stuck paying alimony or something. So just think about that. I don't know what your financial situation is, but it's always better to rectify that situation first. Move on from that relationship before you complicate the situation any further. Just my two cents. So Nicole don't want you getting sued and she don't want you to have to pay no alimony. I'm just trying to get you laid. Girl, you said that your husband had testicular cancer, then he had ED. Did you go get him some Viagra or some Cialis or something to get it up? Because if we haven't gone that route, then girl, you need to start there first and then write us later. Now, if he has already taken the Viagra and the Cialis and he's still not able to get it up, then we have a bigger problem. But also... You said that you've been together with your husband. Y'all have children. How old are you all? Because, you know, sometimes there's that that middle age situation where the woman's sex drive is higher and the man's sex drive isn't as high. And then then the man wants to hump like a rabbit and the woman is tired. She don't want to be bothered. Right. So are you all in that kind of period? Like, I need a little bit more information about what's going on. The reason why I feel bad of telling you maybe you need to have this conversation so that you can step out on him is because of the cancer right now if he hadn't had cancer and he was just out here being a bump on a log and you weren't getting laid then I would tell you girl you better have this conversation with him and tell him what what you are going to do right like not we are past the point of hey I think I might be this is hey I told you that we are not having sex so here's what I'm going to do like it or not I've already told you right because 
when I tried to have a discussion with you to get to a point where we can be agreeable to this, you decided that you didn't want to uphold your end of the bargain. So now we can move past this. So now I would be like, this is what I'm going to do. Do I condone cheating? No. Am I saying that you should leave your husband? Also not saying that. What I'm the first thing I'm saying is go get him some Viagra Cialis. The second thing I'm saying is if we've already done that, then we need to explore this a little deeper. Go to get some therapy because it might just be that it's not a physical thing and that it's just a mental thing because we don't know what kind of treatment he had for this testicular cancer. We don't know what's going on, right? We also know that cancer is very hard on the body, both physically and mentally. So we don't know. That's kind of why I feel feel bad, right? But I also don't want you to sit in a sexless marriage. So... Maybe the compromise is go to get some counseling, give him the deadline like Nicole told you. And then if it still doesn't work, then maybe we need to move on. Maybe we need to move on because, yeah, we don't want you to be resentful. But it doesn't seem like you're resentful. You said, I don't want to hurt my husband. So you really do still care about his feelings. Let's figure a way. Maybe we go to a sex therapist. Maybe we go to a regular therapist. Maybe we just go to let's throw all the therapy at this before we go to the another man, because you didn't say that there was another man specifically that you're interested in. You just said another man. So we just hope that you don't have someone lined up and that we're going to work through this. We just, you know, we love the marriage, right? We love marriage and we want to see marriages work, but we also are very realistic about the things that don't help marriages. And the two biggest things are finances and sex. So if you can't get the finances situated and you can't get the sex situated, one or the other or both could potentially ruin your marriage. So let's throw all of the medication and therapy at this and write us back after that. Now, if it's if you writing us back with the same tone of this letter, then it might be time to go. Like Nicole said, it might be just time to go. But if not, like if it helps, you're welcome. All right, Janine. So what did you learn new this week? So this is very interesting and I hate to tie it in like this, but hey, look, it's a podcast and don't be mad at us. So I learned that Nia Long's daddy seems to be much like Nia Long's fiance because Samore, the comedian, is Nia Long's half sister. And they found this out incidentally after Nia moved across the country. Random enough. But the situation seemed to be pretty similar to me. So, yes, Samore, the comedian, is Nia Long's half-sister. I did not know that before now, but I find it very fascinating that not only are they half-sisters, but they did not know that they were half-sisters until a little later on in their life. What did you learn this week, Nicole? Okay, so what I learned, one, I didn't realize until I started doing research about Nia Long that she was engaged since 2015. That, that to me, was the first thing that I learned new. And I thought to myself, dang, I mean, and she has no plans of marrying the man. So you ain't making plans and you ain't committed. That's all I got to say. You knew it wasn't right. That's why you have been engaged for like, <laughs> how many years is that? Seven years? Good Lord. The second thing that came up in my learn something new this week is Tammy Roman gave her husband a pass last year to have a baby by another woman. I didn't realize that. Like, we just giving out passes now? I mean, he refused it, but he's a younger guy, and she doesn't want any kids or can't have kids because she's older. And she was like, you know, he has the right to have kids. So she did. She gave him a pass if he wanted to have a baby with another woman. 
Y'all, I don't give out passes. If you with me, you know what you got. If I can't have any kids no more, then that means you don't want kids. And you should not have signed up to take this road, this trip with me. Okay, but she did. She gave him a pass to have a baby. But he decided, yeah, not to do that. Because can you imagine? Oh, I'm going to give you a pass to have a baby. Now you got a baby mama. Y'all two rich people that's trying to tax you for child support and all kind of stuff. I would never. But either way, that's what I learned new this week. Yeah, you and me both. I'm not. We're, we're not doing that. If you wanted to have kids, then you should have married someone who's able to have kids or wants them. That's how I feel. All right. So are we ready for the motivational moment this week, Janine? Let's do it. And it says, ladies, everyone deserves to feel real love. But if you're not feeling love from the one you're with, most likely the other person in the relationship isn't feeling the love either. If both are willing, be intentional about rekindling the spark. But if your bae isn't taking your concerns seriously, it's best to move on to prevent either of you from stepping out on each other. Until we meet again. Pray, work, slay. And show off your melanated excellence. Bye! Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson-Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh, That's Deep BWC. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a Mean Old Lion Media production. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.